This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Good morning, everybody. It is Sunday morning, and we are super excited to worship the Lord together today, to get into the Word of God and study it. It's going to be a dynamite service, so do what you always do. Tag somebody, invite somebody to start watching right now. Let's worship the Lord together, and let's take advantage of this time uh, to spread the gospel, to spread the good news to as many people as we possibly can. All right, everybody, gather around. It's going to be an awesome service. Good morning, everyone. Let's just uh, worship the Lord together. We're rising up from the ashes, no longer bound by chains. You gave a life for freedom. We're coming out of shadows Your glory tore through the veil And now your light shines upon us Cause we are free, we are yours You said be the glory now and forever Seems my soul You said be the glory now and forever River, you turn our sorrow to joy, and now we're singing your praises. Cause we are free, we are yours. You got me the glory now and forever. Sings my song. You got me the glory now and forever. Sings my song. You got.
your eyes on who the Lord is. Not the circumstance, not the winds and waves around us. Just keep your eyes focused on our light, Jesus. So let's sing this together.
Mission Sunday. You know how excited we are around here about our missionaries? And I want to tell you about some new missionaries that you may not have heard much about. Um, Ron and Annette Thiesing. These are the couple that Pastor went down to Peru and stayed at their place. Well, um, the Thiesings are the AFCM directors for Central and uh, South America for all of Latin America. They've lived in uh, they lived in Iquitos, Peru for about 29 years. Uh, Ron is a third generation Wycliffe Bible translator, so he lived in that area for ever since he was a little kid, and all their children were born there. They now have an orphanage in Honduras and a school. So right now they're kind of stuck in Peru because um, their children are stuck in Lima still. So looks like Peru is still kind of tied up in uh, the not being able to travel stuff. So they've got three grandchildren in their house. And I just saw on the Facebook where the little two-year-old just celebrated his second birthday. His mom and dad aren't there. And that's kind of sad. So whenever things break up in Peru, they'll be heading back to Honduras to take care care of the orphanage that's there. So anyway, you'll be hearing more and more about Ron and Annette. They're supposed to be here in August, and they're just amazing people. It amazes me the work that they've done in a foreign nation for generations. It's awesome. So anyway, I want to give you a scripture today. It's uh, Psalms 2.8. I'm in the King James. It says, Ask of me, and I shall give you the heathen for your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. So that's why we pray and that's why we give into missions here at High Desert Word Center because we want to reach not only our region, our Barstow and the surrounding communities, but we want to reach the world. And so make sure that you keep up your pledges. Well, wasn't that so wonderful to hear from my beautiful wife? 
about what God's doing in other parts of the world. We so appreciate the thesis. It's going to be so wonderful to have them as uh, partners with us in missions and we with them. But I want to give you a verse uh, over, over your missions giving, over your tithes and all that you're doing. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. says, let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And so that's why we always have this financial faith confession we're going to do together just, just, just a minute. But hold fast your confession of faith without wavering. These things we confess in line with the word of God. Keep your mouth right. Keep your heart right. Keep on being faithful to your tithe. Keep on being a giver. And I can guarantee you, based upon the holy written word of God, you'll not lack. You may go through some time where you have to believe for a while, but in the end, you're always going to win. Now for our financial faith confession. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, and safety and security. Good morning, fellow students of the Word. Did you know that's what a disciple is? A disciple's a student. And we're going to be looking at the Word of God this morning together. And I'm so glad, so glad that I can walk by faith and not by sight and know that you're out there. And I'm looking at our huge sanctuary right here now for all these chairs, this wide open space. This will be a good place for social distancing. But glory to God, pretty soon you'll be inside of here. We'll be here together. We can hug each other and give some knuckles, high fives, or elbows, or whatever we want to do, because we're going to be together worshiping Jesus again pretty soon. But it's so glad, so glad to be able to study the Word of God together with the help of the Holy Spirit. And you know, I was thinking as I was coming up here to teach the Word of God to you that uh, I'm so grateful that this church family is well-trained, Walking in love, walking in faith, walking in unity. There's so there's so much going on right now behind the scenes that uh, maybe a lot of you don't even know about. But you know we're we're staying in contact by by telephone, by email, by text message, by Facebook, by Instagram, by YouTube. Lots of other things we do. We got all the little uh, what, what's that little app thing called? We get on there with where we see each other Zoom. We got little Zoom meetings going on everywhere and all kinds of things. And our church is actually doing very well for where we are. But glory to God, the days come, we'll be together soon. And you know, I'm just thinking about California, how blessed California is. And we haven't had a whole lot of really, really, really bad things going around in California like a lot of the other states do. We just, we, we pray for the whole nation of the world. But praise God that California's been doing so well. Anyway, I'm ready to get to the Word of God. How about you? And, uh, you know, I'm just thinking, a lot of times I like to hold my Bible up, and that'd be a good thing to do. Don't get out of the habit, just because you're watching this on your television or computer or phone or whatever you're watching on, to not have your own Bible with you. Always have your notebook. Always have something to write with. Always have 
your Bible. And so anyway, say this with me. Say, this is my Bible. This is the holy written word of God. Given to me by God my Father. This is the written word. Jesus is the living word. And my Bible is given to me by God to reveal the living word of God. His Son and my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I am who my Bible says I am. I can do everything that my Bible says I can do and I can have. Say that. I can have everything my Bible says that I can have. Now say this. I'm going to stay focused. My mind's going to stay alert. I'm not going to be distracted. And I'm going to receive. I'm going to hear. I'm going to put into action everything that the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Are you ready to get into the Word? Well, I'm going to look start off with at First Chronicles 12.32. And since I know you have your Bibles... Look at 1 Chronicles 12.32 with me. And while you're turning there, let me give you the title of today's message. Now this is so pertinent, so relative for the times we live in. I mean for all times, but especially for where we live at today in the realm of the Spirit and in God's timetable for planet Earth. The title of the message is How You Can Train Yourself to Be Led by the Holy Spirit. How you can train yourself to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so First Chronicles 12.32, I know you're there by now. If you're there, say amen. All right, I know you're there. It says, and the children of Issachar, now here's what I want you to see, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. And I apply that self to us as Christians in the 21st century for the shape the world's in today. We as Christians, Jesus said when he prayed that great prayer, John 17, said we are in the world, but we're not of the world. And so we're spirit beings. We possess a soul and live in a physical body. As born again believers, according to the Bible, we know, we know that our body is not the real us. We know our spirit on the inside is the real person. And we know that when this body lays down someday and gives up the ghost, as the Bible says, or when we die, New Testament says when we fall asleep, that our spirit's going to come out and go to be with Jesus. But according to the Word of God, right now Jesus lives in us and we live in Jesus. And so we should be able to listen to the Spirit of Jesus in us, show us what to do, decisions to make. And how to safely navigate through this dangerous world we live in. So anyway, as I look at this verse, my faith for the time we're living in has been centered around this verse. As a born-again Christian, filled with the Holy Spirit, called, anointed, gifted by God as a spiritual leader of the body of Christ, I believe that myself and every pastor and God-called minister should believe God to understand what our part is in helping people to live free from fear, be spiritually productive, 
and doing what God wants us to do at the time we're living and help other people make it through life. Can I hear an amen? I'm doing better preach than you are shouting. Somebody give me an amen out there. Hallelujah. I hear that by faith. I receive that. Now I want you to look at Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. Now this has always been one of my uh, key verses for myself as a pastor, as a spiritual leader. It helped me to walk in my, in my God calling to be a pastor and a leader of people. And so this, this applies to me, but I think also as we look at this verse, it will help you to understand your pastor better. And if you don't have a pastor yet, then I think it will help you understand why you need to have a pastor to help you navigate through life. And so Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15, God said, I will give you pastors according to my heart. God said, I will give you pastors according to my heart. And I just want to throw this in here. This this is uh, not something I'm mainly preaching on. But anytime I see in the Bible that God tells me, he gives me something, that I want to be smart enough, I want to be teachable enough, I want to be tender-hearted enough to not have a big head to think I know it all, and I don't need something God gave me to help me win in life. And you know, I was just thinking as we held up our Bibles a while ago and said I can have what God says I can have, well, if God says you can have a pastor with his heart, then you can have a pastor with his heart. And so I want to say this again. If you don't have a church, you need to pray and ask God where your church is, who your pastor is, because this is something God said to give you as a gift of pastor to help you in life. And if you're a good church member, and I believe that most of you are watching this, because who else would want to watch a preacher on a YouTube or on Facebook or some other method? If they wasn't hungry for the word of God. But anyway, uh, wherever you go to church at, receive your pastor for what God gave you as a gift. But he said, I give you pastors with my heart. And said, these pastors will feed you with knowledge and understanding. God said, he'll give you pastors with his heart to feed you with knowledge and understanding. So God's the one that gifts to call some of us to be pastors and Bible teachers. The gifts inside of us come from God. And I want to paraphrase, it, paraphrase this and say this verse like this. God said, I'll put my heart of love and compassion for people in pastors, and they will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Pastors are a whole different breed. How many know that God is supernatural? How many of you did God change? When you asked Jesus in your heart to be your Savior, how many of you changed and you don't act like you didn't used to act? You see things through different eyes you used to see them. Well, you take that then and you transfer that to men and women that God anoints and gifts and gives the grace to, to be spiritual leaders, and we change too, to a different level. And so a person can't give something they don't have. God said pastors will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So obviously, God gives knowledge of his word and understanding of it to pastors and Bible teachers to help his people, because how can we give you something we didn't have? And I want to say this, if you could get it all on your own, just sitting at home, uh, reading your Bible, study, which you ought to do every day anyway, if you just get it by praying, then God would need to get pastors. And so God has a program, God has a system, God has a way that God does things, and we as believers, the Bible teaches a whole lot about submission. And to submit to God 
is to submit to his word, his way of doing things. And so if you're a Christian out there right now and you're confused, you're messed up in life, you're not knowing what to do, you feel like you're getting turned every which way but loose, and you're not hooked up to a church or a pastor, this might be a good time as you hear this message to stop and repent and say, Jesus, I'm sorry that I had a big head and thought I knew more than you. Please show me who my pastor is, Jesus. I've got to have a church with my pastor to feed me of knowledge and understanding. Amen. And I'm not being mean, but I'm a pastor of God's heart, and I'm telling you what God says. And so God wants you to understand the Bible. God wants you to have peace. God wants you not to be confused. God wants you to successfully navigate through the pitfalls of life that the whole earth is facing right now. Say amen or oh me. Anyway, God wants you to understand the Bible. And I like an acronym that I've heard before. And an acronym, you know, is when you take, when you take letters of a word and then you make it say something. And so the acronym, acronym that I like is this Bible. B-I-B-L-E. And so Bible. Basic instruction before leaving earth. B-I-B-L-E. Basic instruction before leaving earth. And so the Bible is God's textbook. And so if pastors are going to feed you knowledge and understanding, they're going to have to use the textbook. And if you're going to, if you're going to know what to do and understand how to do it, then you have to be a serious, as I said at the opening of the service, disciple or student of the Word of God. And so I want you to look at Romans chapter 8. And we're going to look at verse 14 through 16. Keeping in mind we're talking today about how you can train yourself to be led by the Spirit of God. How you can train yourself to be led by the Spirit of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 16. I'll give you a chance to get there because I want you to see this with your own eyes. And, you know, I know that a lot of people use cell phones, apps, and all kinds of other things. Myself, out of my 40 years of living for Jesus Christ, and most of that time being a Bible teacher, I found out that I've got a, when I've got a, I don't know what you want to call it, I call it a real Bible. That's a Bible app, I guess it's a real Bible because it's got things on you can see. But I, when I open up a Bible that has paper pages, in my Bible, I'll show you. I mark mine up. I put yellow through verses, mean something to me. I put I put red around verses, mean something to me. And then when God speaks a verse to me that really helps me, then I like writing little notes in my Bible. Sometimes I'll put dates in here where that verse jumped off at me and what it meant. And so anyway, I'm saying this like today, as I turn to these pages here, if you've got a real Bible in front of you, I might be teaching you these verses, and then on this other page over here, you might have a marking there or something, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God speaks to you and reminds you of victory. You've got to have another verse. But if, you get, if you're living to a little old thing on a cell phone or something like that, all you're going to see is what's right there. You're not going to see what's in this chapter over here, or maybe these verses over here, because you don't see those. And so anyway, I'm not putting down anybody that uses iPhones and Everything for your Bible apps. I think that if I were still a truck driver like I was years ago before I was a preacher, that that'd be very handy. I used to carry a little pocket New Testament. I'd pull it out and read it. But now I'm sure that if I was a truck driver out there and I had my little cell phone with me, that Bible app, that'd be very handy there. But that wouldn't be serious study of the Word of God. That'd be just something to look at. So anyway, Romans 8, verse 14 through 16 says, For as many as are led 
by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That tells me that God wants to lead you and wants you to understand the leading of his Spirit. It says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. And you know, that's what 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God had to give you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He says, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now, verse 16 says, the spirit itself, or I like to say it this way, the Greek says the spirit himself, because the Holy Spirit's not a it. The Holy Spirit's a him. The Holy Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Bears witness for our spirit that we are the children of God. And so, there's a couple of things I want you to notice here. Notice verse 14 says, Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Well, the Greek, the word for son, means a mature one. A son is a mature Christian. And then notice verse 16 says, The Holy Spirit bears witness with the Spirit in children of God. Bears witness with your spirit as a child of God. Well, the word here for children means one that hasn't grown up or matured yet, a child. And so, verse 14 says that sons are mature ones, are led by the Spirit of God. And verse 16 says children have the witness of the Spirit that they are a child of God. So what's God saying here? A baby, a, ba- a baby Christian or a carnal Christian, when you're first born again as a child that hasn't matured yet, you don't know much about the Bible. You don't know much about the Holy Spirit. But one thing you know is you have eternal life in your spirit. You know that you know that you know that you know that God's real. That Jesus is real. You know you're not who you used to be. You know you belong to God now. You've got peace in your heart that if you died you wouldn't be afraid because you know you're going to heaven because the Spirit bears witness your spirit, your child of God. But children still live by their feelings. They live, and feelings aren't wrong. We all have feelings. Our feelings affect everything we do in life. But children versus grown up mature Christians, children are led by their feelings. They live by what they see. They live by what they hear. They live by their emotions. One day up, one day down. Depends on what the news is. And so, in other words, an immature Christian makes the majority of their decisions in life upon their sense knowledge, their senses. What they see, what they hear, what they taste, what they smell, what they touch, etc., etc. And so at the time we live in, you're never going to enjoy God's best if your major decisions are based entirely upon the secular news. There's a lot of news out there, a lot of fear out there. And I'm not knocking the news, but I learned a long time ago that the the word gospel in the New Testament means good news. And so, although I hear probably the same news you do, because I watch what's going on too. I want to know what's going on. I want to know how the country's coming, etc., etc. But I run what I hear on the news through the filter of my Holy Ghost Spirit. And I line that up with the good news concerning my life and decisions I make. And so a mature Christian, <coughs> excuse me, a mature Christian walks by faith and not by sight. A mature Christian 
is led by the Spirit of God, on the inside they're born again spirit. And so we do listen to secular news. We do hear what's going on out there. But then we listen to the Holy Ghost on the inside of us and see what to do when making decisions. And so we're talking about being led by the Spirit of God. And so he says again, verse 14, for his minutes are led by the Spirit of God through the sons of God. So we need to learn how to listen to the leads of the Holy Spirit. I want to show you how. And if we had an outline we gave you today, it would say right here, how can you train yourself to be led by the Holy Spirit? How can you train yourself to be led by the Holy Spirit? I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 6, and we're going to look at verse 20 through 23. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20 through 23. And as, as, as you're turning there, I want to say this. Just, a, just as a baby is born into the world through his, through his mom, when the baby comes to this world... The baby doesn't know a whole lot. The baby has to have somebody feed it, change its diapers, find out if it's crying, why it's crying, and what to do to make the baby happy until the baby begins to grow up. Then the baby begins to take some responsibility itself to maybe sit in the high chair and get smear, smear some mashed potatoes on his face or, you know, try to put some mashed up peas or green beets or something in his mouth to do something. But the baby starts learning by phases. And so then as you train them more and more, they'll come day they're potty trained and they're able to go to the restroom on their own, etc. And so just as you train a baby in life, you can train your spirit from being a baby Christian where you have to ask somebody for prayer all the time. You want somebody to pray for you if you hurt. You want to be able to cry to your pastor, cry to some mature Christian, you know. But then as you're trained in the ways of God, then you're maturing. As you're maturing, you'll start recognizing that it leads to the Holy Spirit more and more. But in training your spirit, Proverbs 6, verse 20 through 23, I want to read this. It says, My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually, talk about the words of God, bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it the words that you learn from the Bible, it, the word, shall lead thee. For the minister led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. One other way you can say that is this, for the minister led by the word of God, they're the sons of God. We make our decisions based upon the word of God. When thou sleepest, it, the word, shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it, the word, shall talk with thee. God wants you to be led by his word, he wants you to go to sleep with his peace because his word's in your heart and in your thinking. And when you're walking and talking, when you're praying with Jesus, you know, like that old hymn, one of my favorite old hymns, talk, called In the Garden, he walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. Well, he lives today. His word lives today. His word's alive. And so as you study his word, get his word in your heart, it's going to lead you to talk with you. Then verse 23 says, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light. And this is talking about the words of God. And reproofs of instruction are the way of life. And so God wants you to become a serious student of the word. 
And so I want to say this to you. If you don't take seriously studying and constantly sitting under sound Bible teaching, you'll stay an immature Christian and probably live a life of confusion and fear like people that never received Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior. And so to be led by the Spirit of God, you have to become a serious student of the Word of God. Now I want you to go to John chapter 14, verse 26. Look at some words straight from Jesus. John 14, verse 26. And you know, as, as, as we're studying the Word of God together, I know that we're not in just our regular format. It's inside of our four walls of our church, just with our people. So I know there's people at her, possibly around the world, watching watching this broadcast this morning. And, you know, maybe in the future they pull this up and look at it again, whatever it is. But the thing is, if you're watching this today, then God's got you on here looking at this. And so as you're reading it and studying it, I pray for all the people that be watching me teach us, whether it's now or in the future, whatever it is. And so this word is good. It never changes the same yesterday, today, and forever. So write these things down. Take them to heart. And train yourself to be led by the Spirit of God. So John 14, 26, Jesus said, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, it says the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, shall teach you all things. Now listen to this. We're talking about being led by the Spirit of God and being trained to be led by the Spirit of God. It said the Holy Ghost will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. And look at this key right here. Whatsoever I have said unto you. He will help you remember things that Jesus has said unto you. Remember this started off. We held up our Bibles. Said this is my Bible. This is God talking to me. That God gave me the written word. To reveal to me the living word. His son and my savior. The Lord Jesus Christ. Well Jesus will remind you. Of Bible verses that you've learned. And so the Holy Spirit will teach you from his textbook, the Bible, and remind you of things you've learned from the Bible. Remember Proverbs chapter 6, the Word will lead you, the Word will talk with you, the Word will give you peace when you sleep. So in other words, when you're praying for answers and direction in life, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, will cause you to remember Bible verses that you have learned. And you know, I, th- I think about so many times I hear people's, people want God to tell them what to do. He said to bring your remembrance things that you've learned. He can't remind you of something that you never learned. You've got to take the time to have a prayer closet, to have a quiet place, to study. <clears throat> and whether you're in a, this, this church or another church, or listen to a podcast, or listen to, you know, if you're old school, you might have a cassette tape even, or a CD. If you're listening to some, some pastor, some preacher teach something that's really good, and you write those verses down, and you meditate upon them, you study them, you put them in your heart, put them in your thinking, and then as you're going through a hard time in life, a decision to make, then the Holy Spirit will remind you what Jesus told you, through those verses. I want to say it again. He can't remind you of something you never learned. You'll remember something that you've already heard. And so you must hear it if you're going to remember it. I know that sometimes 
God supernaturally will give us verses. And that's wonderful. When I was a baby Christian, every verse I ever got, I had to get that way because I didn't know anything about the Bible. I'd go to church. My pastor or somebody else would teach it. I'd hear verses in testimony. Man, I'll tell you what. My name was Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. Every Bible I heard quoted, everything I heard happened. I wrote those verses down. I was hungry. I went home. I wrote them down. I memorized them. I learned them. I've studied them. And over the course of these last 40 years, the Holy Ghost has always, 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 without exception, finding answers about decisions to make. He's always reminded me of Bible verses. And I followed the Word of God. And that's how I got my victory. And so the more you study and learn Bible verses, the more sensitive you are to leading the Holy Spirit. Now as we wind this down and close out, I want to give you three quick examples that I think will help you in your everyday life of how the Holy Spirit will lead you in situations you may face today. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 to 44. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 to 44. And I really know this is going to help somebody out there listening this morning. I think probably more than one because we all need to hear this. But in the times we live in, people are kind of getting messed up and irritable and et cetera, et cetera. Shortages in stores and not been out for a while. And maybe people that you work with or things like that when you get to work with people. And so if people are giving you a hard time and you're praying for God to show you what to do, then Jesus tells you right here from the Word of God how to handle difficult situations with people. He says in verse 43, You have heard that that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. And so, the main thing Jesus said here, if you're praying about what to do when people are being mean to you, Jesus tells you what to do. You pray for them. You bless them. You treat them good. You treat them right. And that's how you're led by the Spirit of God. And I want you to look at Luke chapter 6, verse 38. I'm just showing you just, just a very few examples here about how the Holy Spirit will lead you. And these leadings here are totally contrary to how an unsaved man or a carnal Christian, somebody who doesn't really know much about the Bible, would tell you to handle things. Tell you, don't get mad, get even. They tell you, well, I'll show them. I'll go on Facebook. I'll let the whole world know. Jesus said, don't do that. He said, you pray for them. You treat them right. And Luke 6, 38 if you're having a shortage of money, and that's a possibility right now that a lot of people might be having a shortage of money because of things going on. Well, if you're led by the Spirit of God, which is to be led by the Word of God, He says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over, shall men give it to your bosom. For the same measure you meet withal shall be measured to you again. And so, if I were having a hard time in life right now, in, in the financial read, I'd say, Lord, what have I got that I can give? And who can I give it to? And you know, we're not, we're not talking about giving it to church offerings. That can be it. But he may show you a neighbor, a relative, a friend, or an enemy. He wants you to give something to or give some money to. But that's how you're led by the Spirit of God. When you're suffering lack, 
He's always going to lead you to give something. Now, the last place I want to look at, being led by the Spirit of God, is James chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. James chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. If you're sick and you need healing, we're not, we're not saying don't go to the doctor. We're not saying don't take medicine. But if you're a Christian and you're having a hard time receiving your healing, maybe you've been to the doctor in medicine, you're doing all you know to do. But the main thing is, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. As you're matured in the Lord, you're going to learn more and more. Do what the Bible says to do. The Holy Spirit's going to remind you of that. So James 5, verse 14, 15 says, Is any sick among you? Well, let's talk about Christians. Did say, is there any sick in the world? Said, any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, knowing him with awe in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. So in other words, he says, you should have elders in your church that have anointing oil. And the oil doesn't heal you. It's a point of contact. And so it's a point of contact representing the Holy Spirit and the anointing. Says the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. And so if you're praying about sickness, about healing, then you need to have elders in your church you call upon, according to the Bible, the New Testament Bible. It says they'll pray the prayer of faith and says it will heal the sick. And it says the Lord will raise you up. And if you commit his sins, they'll be forgiven you. And so that's just some quick examples that to show you in everyday life how to be led by the Spirit of God. And so the Holy Spirit's led me this way for 40 years because I submitted myself to a man of God that taught sound Bible doctrine as said under Bible teachers that had good Christian character and lived victorious Christian lives. And then I did what they taught me from the Bible to do and I got victory. So if you want to be led by the Holy Spirit more and more, Attend services in the church that Jesus has led you to. Hook up, submit, commit, stay faithful to your pastor, stay faithful to your church, and you can be led by the Spirit of God. That's not a Bible promise, although it is a promise. That's a Bible fact. Do what the Bible says to do, and you'll have what the Bible says you can have. So let's be led by the Spirit of God in the decision making life today. All right, everybody, we're going to go ahead and close out this morning's service. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to remind you, like I always do, to go ahead and like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. And the reason we ask that is so you can stay as connected as possible, and that gives you more avenues to share the good news, to share the gospel every possible way that you can. Let's speak some words of faith over Barstow like we always do. And if you're watching from somewhere else, speak these words of faith over your city too. Let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Make sure you tune in tonight at 6 o'clock. Love you. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.